June 6, 1972. 5th grade, walking to Shoals Elementary School and Halloween. In the 5th grade, we'd moved to a better neighborhood and a real house made of brick at 2615 Larwood Road in Charleston, West Virginia. It was only 860 square feet of space and had only two bedrooms, so my parents built a loft in the garage and that was my room. That would become an ongoing theme where I usually ended up living in the garage. I attended Mink Shoals Elementary and my teachers were Miss Lynch and Mrs. Eigenbrode. My friends were Polly, Susan Green, Joanne, Sally Thumb, Mortricia, who I called Tisha, Rhodes, Donna Rhodes, Luann Barnes, Stephen and Davy Linville, Bill, Carla, and Jane Sherwood. I got my first period when I was 10, and my mother gave me a little pamphlet from church to explain the birds and the bees. I was appalled at what was happening to my body and what would be expected of it after marriage. I began to get breasts, and I fought wearing a bra for as long as I could. Everything about me was a tomboy, and my body was changing in a way that did not fit my sense of self. Pearly May came into my life, and later Marmeros. We attended a tiny little white-framed Church of Christ. There were windows on either side of the narrow building, and I found it hard to pay attention because you could hear life going on out there as people were mowing their yards or having fun while we sat inside listening to someone tell us we were sinners. There were three little old spinsters who sat together on the front row. They lived next door to the church and invited me over to see the new kittens their cat had just delivered. I hadn't seen kittens since losing Smokey and her litter. Now I had a reason to want to go to church. Afterwards, I'd go check on the kittens. Within a week or two, the little old ladies told me that all of the kittens had gotten distemper and died, except for one tiny runt. They were afraid she wasn't going to make it because she couldn't nurse. I took her home and she was my constant companion until about 1982 or so, after my own daughter Jamie was born. Pearly May was stunted from the beginning and never got to be more than about five pounds, but she was a fierce one. Marmeros came to me later when our family dog dragged home a kitten. He grew up to do the same thing and was always bringing me baby wildlife that he had found or stolen. It was the beginning of my rehab and release work. I enjoyed painting, football, baseball, bowling, and started a club called the Cat's Eye Spy Club. I won a bowling trophy for Most Improved. It was a foot tall and gold, and I was so proud of it. My mother was a great athlete, and she could beat me at all of those sports. This photo is the house in 2018. All of the trees and plants are gone now. Down at street level, there were big Australian pines. Pearly May would hide in the trees and wait for the mailman to arrive. She'd leap down on his head and attack. She was praised for doing it to the dogs that ran loose in the neighborhood and couldn't understand why strangers were allowed if dogs weren't. My brother was four and in kindergarten. I had to take him to and from school and we could take the bus or walk. Chuck was so shy that bullies just gravitate toward him. My mother always said, turn the other cheek, but my dad always said, never start a fight, but always be the one who ends it. I listened to my father. Mom clearly didn't know what I was up against. 
taking the bus meant we had to walk down to the valley to the bus stop where I'd have to spend most of my time protecting my brother. The bus ride was just more of the same, kids totally out of control, and a bus driver who drove so fast and reckless that I thought she would surely kill us all. School busing had begun to integrate schools, so it took forever to get to school as our driver had to go far and wide into forgotten hollows to pick up black children. It took about the same amount of time to walk to school if we went down the mountain through the yards to the Elk River and then up and around the Jaeger Airport and back down the other side of the mountain to the school. It was six miles by car, but a lot less by foot through the woods. As long as we showed up at school, my parents didn't care how we got there, and I'm sure I never took them with us or they never would have given me that option. Our house was unique in that the former owners had a great love for plants. Our backyard was steep and it led up to the top of the mountain we lived on. There was a spring at the top that trickled down to our backyard to a bricked wall that caused it to pool there before draining to who knows where. That area was mostly pine trees and as kids we would make sleds of cardboard and ride the pine needle path from the top of the mountain to where our yard flattened out for the house. On the side of the house were two huge pine trees, like Christmas trees, as they had spiraling branches that made them easy for me to climb. I'd spent hours swaying at the top of the tree that faced the airport, watching the planes take off and land. It was probably from that vantage point that I calculated a rough idea of how to get to school without taking the bus. The front yard was grass on one side of the steep driveway to the house and terraced on the other. In the terrace, there was probably the only cypress tree to ever survive in West Virginia. Each layer of terrace was a tribute to some beautiful flower. One would be purple iris, the next would be roses. There was a brick flower box in front of our living room picture window. Mom let me grow carrots and rhubarb and lettuce in there. Dad loved to putter around in the yard when he wasn't flying, so our yard was the envy of the whole neighborhood under his tender care. To get to school, we had to go to the end of the street and cut down side yards and backyards until we hit the valley. There was a bridge across a tributary to the Elk River a long way down, and we did that a few times, but I found a faster way. I nearly had to drag Chuck across it each time because it was so scary, but it was a lot faster. There was a point where the river just dropped off over a cliff. Right at that point, there were a lot of logs and debris that had built up over the years and restricted the water flow to a very short expanse. We would work our way out to that spot and then hop rocks across and try to keep our feet from getting wet. I remember wrapping bread bags around our shoes so we could do it without the danger of hopping right off the cliff, but they were slippery and I couldn't explain why I needed so many bread bags. I made a point of staying hidden from the other kids I'd see along the way so there wouldn't be a fight, but once we were close to the school grounds, there was no way to do that. It was the most dangerous part of our walk, but I'd watch for an opportunity to get out of the woods and across the grounds into the building. Apparently, Eddie Kraft, who kids said had failed the sixth grade six times already, made note of what I was doing and set a trap. As I was in the home stretch for the schoolyard, he and his band of thugs circled around me and Chuck. 
Eddie was saying all the nasty sexual things he and his boys were going to do to me. I told Chuck to run and then swung around in a circle, wielding my hard plastic Amway briefcase that I used as a school bag. I guess the action took the boys by surprise as Chuck was able to get away unscathed. Spinning, time was slowing down and it gave me the time to calculate my next move. Take down the biggest, meanest ringleader and I might have a chance. With that, I slammed my briefcase into the side of Eddie's face and sent him flying. While he was holding his bleeding face and rocking on the ground in pain, I looked defiantly at the rest of them as if to say, next. They scattered like cockroaches. I took a fair amount of teasing over the fact that my clothes were handmade. My mother made them and she taught me to sew, so I made them after that. Scraps of fabric were cheaper than whole yards, so most of my clothes were pretty colorful as a result. Dolly Parton released Coat of Many Colors that year, and I took some comfort that a big star like Dolly Parton had the same problem, or <laughs> so I believed. We made our Halloween costumes too, and on this particular year, I was Little Bo Peep and Chuck was a prince. Back then, I think most costumes were handmade, so we didn't stick out for that reason. To this day, I don't know why, and maybe it was just wrong place, wrong time, but Chuck and I were singled out for a Halloween we would never forget. It was after dark, and there were kids all over the place going door to door for treats. What a different day and time that was in some ways. I guess it was sort of the ending of an era of safe fun outside after dark for children. As Chuck and I were heading around a corner, a band of teenagers circled around us. I don't remember Eddie Kraft being one of them, but it's possible that he was, and that this was his crew of illiterate hillbillies who didn't take to people like us. The boys were taunting us and yelling obscenities, so I pulled Chuck close. I was expecting an attack, but was totally taken off guard when one dropped a match to the ground and a huge circle of fire flew up around Chuck and I. I lifted him to my shoulders to keep his cape from catching fire and he screamed in terror. Looking back, I think the boys must have poured gasoline around in a circle and then herded us into it so they could light it on fire. I was born with no sense of smell, so I wouldn't have been aware. Time slowed down as I tried to figure a way out of this. My floor-length bow peep dress wasn't going to get across the flames without catching fire, and I couldn't hold up my dress because I had a panic-stricken four-year-old on my shoulders. The fire caught the attention of some adults who ran out and the boys all scattered. The circle of fire died down quickly, as there wasn't much to keep it going. Chuck and I decided that was all the trick-or-treating we wanted to do for the night. In December 1972, we moved to Odessa, Florida. Mama Jackie and Big Daddy lived on Lake Keystone, and two doors down, they bought a much smaller home that my parents moved into for a while. I loved having both of my mothers again, and I really loved the lake. <laughs> 